The title of the lecture, as it says, business meetings in non-kosher restaurants, could more be titled, How Can You Eat in a Non-Kosher Restaurant? Whether you put an exclamation point and a question mark after it or not is a, is a hashkafic discussion more than a halachic discussion. And much of what I'm going to say is I'm going to give some of the background of what can and can't be done. But at the end of the day, my pitch is for uh, eating before you go. It happens to be that when people go into such a situation, they find themselves knowing that a, that a meeting is coming in. One of my brothers sent to me when, I, when he saw the, the original topic asking something about refreshments. So I said to him, don't worry, they're coming from a non-kosher restaurant. <laughs> but when these lectures were prepared, the OU was not very certain that they wanted the OU kosher department coming and giving a lecture of how to eat in a non-kosher restaurant. There was much discussion of whether they should have a program for Rabbanim to speak to Rabbanim about this topic in a closed door type session and let the Rabbanim explain the guidelines to their to their Balabatim which is what a Rav does on his uh, daily basis uh, and should be doing for his Balabatim. Many of the Rabbanim said um, broken telephone could cause many mechsholim amongst the Balabatim, and therefore they felt that the OU should come and speak about the topic themselves. I'm going to talk about two aspects of the, of the discussion. One is the Kashrus discussion, and the second is the discussion of Marasayin. If you want to look at your first source, it quotes the Mishnah that says, I was always bothered by the concept of Marasayin balanced against the Mishnah that tells us to judge people favorably. How is it possible that we, we're going to see someone eating in a non-kosher restaurant and think that they're eating treif? Rav Shechter explained Marasayin with, with two different aspects. One element is that it may lead other Jews to think that just as this person can be lax about mitzvah observance, so too, you can be lax. The second, I want to introduce with a story, which is more, goes in line with the idea of having done as Kaladam Kavskus. One of the rabbis in my office, I work in the OU in Lower Manhattan, went across the street to a non-kosher deli to buy an apple. Whole fruit, not dealing with any Shemitah issues, we hope. What could be the problem? As he came out of the deli, a religious gentleman approached him and said to him, this place is kosher, yeah? The rabbi told me he didn't sleep for two nights. Not because of the person who came to him and asked him the question, this place is kosher, but for the five people across the street who saw him coming out from this restaurant that, and now tomorrow are going and buying a Trefadeli sandwich because he came out of there. The Shechter explains it ruins your reputation and makes people think like you're a hypocrite. 
which is a violation of actually the second source of Yisem Nekiyim, of that one should be clean not only in the eyes of God, but in the eyes of Yisrael. The first concern only applies if the Jews are watching, but the second concern applies in all public situations, which is an introduction to our discussion about going into non-kosher restaurants. I want to discuss a number of different aspects of different types of food one can eat, potential solutions, and as I said, my conclusion uh, I already gave to you. Fruit, salad, drinks, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, water, I'm not going to go into a discussion about filtering water in New York City, but something to consider. Hot drinks, coffee, etc. A real meal that's brought from a kosher restaurant. An old-time concept that what could be so bad about fish in a non-kosher restaurant. Any other cooked foods in a non-kosher restaurant. And ice cream. We'll go somehow, but ice cream seems maybe even easier than most of the other things. The first item is fruit. Come into a rest, you come into a restaurant, now I have to give another disclaimer. While I have been to many of the OU restaurants over the last couple of weeks just in my general job of going around, I did not go into a non-kosher restaurant uh, to test out this uh, theory. But most of the theories that apply in, a, in the kitchen of, an, of a kosher restaurant can, be, can probably be extended to, uh, to a concept of what you can do in a non-kosher restaurant. What one person might think is a scrupulously clean kitchen where everything is done in their own separate section, a kitchen the size of this room, the fruit is over here, the vegetables are over here, the meat is over here, everything is kept separate. Especially you look at any packaging today, you know, everything is made with all these allergy concerns. It's made in a country that, that produces peanuts, something on the labels. How far you go with this, uh, you know, with this extension. People, people call all the time and see a product that says OU Parv, and you see a, on, the, on the allergy, made in a, pre, a plant that processes dairy and peanuts. And, uh, it could be in another part of the city, but it's in the same, same building. But they're concerned about allergy concerns. Haitachin, it's parv. There could be such situations that these that these items really are parv. It's just they're um, much more concerned about the uh, allergy uh, allergy issues than they ever were before. But you come into a restaurant and you think it's one of the cleanest places around. Just as in any business, it all starts from the top. If the chef is someone who is meticulous in, in all that he does, always wearing gloves, always changing his gloves, and if he sees a guy touching food with his hands, the guy will be fired on the spot. Then eating fruit in such a restaurant shouldn't be much of an issue. They have a separate knife, they're cutting the fruit, fruit is cold. Generally, there's not a dar unless you're dealing with lemons and limes. So you have much, much room to discuss eating, eating cut-up fruit. In fact, or Shechter writes, uh, when it comes to going to a supermarket and buying cut-up fruit, assuming you don't have issues with talayim, with strawberries or other berries that might be an issue, that because they're usually cut in a, in a, in a room where they're cutting many, many, many 
berries and many melons together, you don't have to be concerned, even if they use the non-kosher knife, that you're, the one that you're buying is going to be, going to be filled with uh, non-kosher, especially since it's cold. So fruit, yes, it's obviously better if you want to get a whole apple, a banana, or something to that effect, but you can buy cut-up fruit in a, in a non-kosher restaurant. When it comes to salad, you have two issues. The first issue is the Dabr Kharif, whether they're using an onion, something that's sharp, even if it's, uh, even if it's cold, if you cut, some, cut onions with a, with a treif, a knife, those onions are treif. And therefore, a salad with onions can be an issue. Garlic, scallions, other items. If you want, if you want, the second issue is that of, of an insect infestation. It's hard enough in an, in an OU kosher restaurant to be sure that the mashkichim are inspecting the lettuce and all the other vegetables that require inspection. To think that it, that uh, that this non-kosher restaurant is uh, meticulous, even to a even to a smallest degree of what they're doing in a in a kosher restaurant, is impossible. In fact, with certain vegetables, the government's threshold for for infestation is well above the halacha's concern, well 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 above the halacha's threshold for a matzuy, an amount of vegetable that requires to be checking. So salad already presents us with uh, with a number of difficulties. What are you doing? Can you get a can you get a cut up? Can you get a cucumber and a Kirby or something and ask them to bring you a plastic knife and you'll peel it? Probably could do that. A pepper, a tomato, a whole, a whole vegetable. You don't you don't have to make any assumptions that these items are coming from Eretz Yisrael, which could be a concern at this time of year. You know, uh, I got a call recently about someone went to one of the Price Club places and bought the. Uh, Peppers from Eretz Yisrael. What are they supposed to do with it? Gen- generally, the the restaurants uh, are not not going and spending a lot of money on produce of Eretz Yisrael when they're ser- serving serving to customers. When it comes to drinking, so my Rebbe is very mocked. This is editorializing for a moment, not necessarily of Shechter, but of Shechter also wrote that that this is something that shouldn't be done. When I was in yeshiva, my Rebbe used to speak very often about when we were going out into the outside world, quote-unquote, that until you see it, you can never fathom that at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, whenever your hours end, every single day, the goyim go out to drink. Not Friday, every single day. My chavrusa, when I was in yeshiva, one of the summers, he was an intern in an accounting firm, and he said he couldn't, he couldn't, if he he couldn't imagine it if if uh, if if he hadn't seen it himself that he was going to the subway to go home, and they were going they were going to the bar. Sitting and drinking with with the goyim is a very serious problem. There are many many zeros of chazal because of intermarriage, because of becoming too close to to goyim. One would think one doesn't have to hear stories of shilas that come up that someone was drinking and. Next thing you know, there were shilas of uh, of uh, isurim of husband to wife. My Rebbe always said, "Don't get started. Don't bring yourself into any questions. Don't 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 put yourself in a position. Ah, oh, what's the big deal? Going out to drink beer. Going out to drink with a few friends. I I, I can control myself. If you're driving home, then it's chas v'shalom to even talk about it. But if you're not driving home, it's still chas v'shalom to even talk about it." 
the the concept that people that people think that I'm going to eat also, it won't be a big deal. When I when I was learning in the yeshiva, so they had a they had a forum one night about uh, what it's like to be an Orthodox Jew in the business world. And it was an executive from a Goyesha company, a, fr- a Frum gentleman, who came and said, his first line was, as, as in general in business, you have three options of what you could be towards your fellow worker. You could be one of the guys. You could not be one of the guys, but be respected. Or you could be on the outs with them. They look down on you. He said, as an Orthodox Jew, number one is not an option. You can't be one of the guys. You can't go out drinking with them. You can't go out. You can be respectful. You can be friendly with them. But you can't be friends with them. The moment that you cross that line is the moment that the the danger comes. So even if you have to have a meeting, a business meeting in a a restaurant, and you say, ah, let me have a beer, better to stay away from it. Cold drinks. We get, we get to uh, the concept of filtering in New York City, according to the OU, water needs to be filtered. Um, therefore, the soda fountains that they have in many of the restaurants come with an option to filter, not a requirement to filter. So you have to verify that if they bring you a can of Coke or a can of soda that, that you know is kosher, you're allowed to drink it from the, from the restaurant glass because it's cold, it's not being used for, it's used for one, one-time use. And therefore, you would be allowed to drink the soda from from there, or bottled bottled water with hashgacha. Or if for some reason you've been able to ascertain that they this restaurant is uh, one that's uh, super makbid on cleanliness, and they don't like like copepods either, and therefore they filter their water. Hot drinks present an issue with the kalim. Can't use the mugs. You can't use the glasses. If they'll give you if they'll give you coffee in a plastic cup or a styrofoam cup. I'm not talking for the moment about going into 7-Eleven. It's a different discussion, but probably as long as you can ascertain that these, these coffees are, are kosher coffees and they're not using flavored coffees that may be an issue, you probably can, can drink that coffee. But I'm talking about in a restaurant setting, you really can't drink anything hot, not hot water, not, not, not tea, not coffee, even though you know the coffee's kosher and they're even going to bring you an instant coffee bag that you see, uh, see Ashgacha on because there's no cup you can use it with. If you know that they have a separate urn that they use for that they use only for hot water and it only has hot water in there, and they're going to bring you hot water in a big uh, plastic cup, and they're going to bring you a tea bag, then you would have room to be able to uh, to to drink the tea or the coffee. When I was preparing this lecture, I thought I had a wonderful solution. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. You can't do this. Many restaurants today will prepare for you on China a fancy meal with silverware. In fact, there was a discussion, we had a discussion last week with one of the places uh, um, verifying and making sure that they're tivoling the silverware also to make sure that if it comes to you, you're allowed to use it. There's a distinction in halacha between the aluminum tins that people say you don't have to tivo because it's made for one-time use and the silverware that the restaurants are buying, which are made not made for one-time use, but they're sending it to the rest to you for one-time use, still requires tevila. The they're going to send you a full meal. In fact, you know, it can go on a number of websites. I don't, one of them I printed out. I have 
have here. They tell you, they, they send exact warming instructions. You know, they say in, in red lettering, do not break the seals, do not break the seals, do not break the seals, with, not in front of the customer. Right? You know, they remind you in, a, in a many different ways not to do that. And now you imagine yourself sitting in the middle of a, middle of a meeting, 12 people at a table, and uh, the, waitre- the waiter or waitress comes over to you and says, um, excuse me, you have a phone call in the back. All right, they take you to a, you know, to a corner over there where the kitchen is, where you can still see your table. They break the seal on the meal in front of you, and you see it carried to your table. And you, know, you come back around the other way and say, oh, what do you know, my food is here. It's on the same, sometimes it will be on the same exact china that the restaurant has. And some of the, some of the restaurants have arrangements with some of these hotels that they're sending for, for business meetings, that they have their china, that they send brand new. And so you could be sitting next to, you know, in a table with 10 goyim. You have the same exact chicken and, and meal. Sometimes your meal may be better than their meal. And, and you're, you're here ready. Wonderful, I'm sitting here. No one realizes that I'm Jewish. It's great. Little problem. No, you saw it from you saw it from the second that it was gold. It, you saw the seal and you watched it go to your table. Rabbi Shechter said it's a problem. Our sign. Right, there's a little bit of a problem. So, so, so one of the one of the rabbanim in the OU said, so are we taking away hashgacha from all these restaurants that are doing this? I said, no, we have an easy out. We take no responsibility once the seal's broken. But 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 in, in a in a true in a, on a more serious note, I went to Rabbi Shechter and I said I said. I'm going to speak before all these people. I'm going to come and present it and say, oh, "Sorry, we have no solution for you." What, 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 what can, what can we do? What, what is the, is there a way to possibly allow people to eat these meals in a, in a permissible way? Um, <clears throat> Rav Shechter said, if they left, if they instead of breaking the seal in the kitchen, they break the seal in front of them and leave the seal and leave leave part of the seal on the table with them while they're eating. That would obviate the Marasayan concern by, by the Eden. So we have a, a small, a small savior, a small salvation uh, that you can have your fancy meal, you can have your cake and eat it too, if you will, and be able to eat the meal. But the question is, the person in the business meeting is going to come and, and, and say, Rebbe, I have a problem. I don't want them to know that I'm sitting here and eating no, that this my meal is different. I I, know, I took my precautions. I know what it is. There, there's no way I'm eating the pork chops off their plate. Why why do I need to have the seal? So to, to answer that, I'm gonna is going to be left for the for the closing. We have a a, a story that I'd like to share, which I think will answer answer that uh, that idea. I'd like to go on for for a few moments to a number of different aspects, the fish and others, share a couple of other stories and then conclude and leave time for, uh, leave time for many questions which I'm sure are going to uh, um, evolve from this discussion. Fish, it's quite obvious that a, a grill that's treif is treif is treif is treif. Uh, you, know, you can't go eat fish in a, in a non-kosher restaurant. Um, you have to be careful, uh, you know, even in a kosher restaurant, that they have a separate place where they're grilling the fish, that they're not grilling the fish with the meat. Right, so, you know, one, Did you have to be careful in a 
in a non-kosher restaurant that eating eating fish. Also, there's this concept out there in the world, and talk about it. Not only we'll forget the non-kosher for a second. There are many of these vegetarian slash vegan restaurants that uh, that we get calls about all the time. Not under the OU. They're, they're under private rabbis that are all open on Shabbos. No mashgiach. Rabbi, what could be so bad about a vegetarian restaurant? So first of all, first of all, bishulakum, right? Many of the vegetables that they're using, they have to be doing something fancy because they're they're not, you know, they're not they're not uh, um, making money as a vegetarian restaurant on uh, peppers and, and cucumbers. Right? It has to be certain vegetables that they're using that are that are an issue of bishulakum, and if it goes on goes on the oven, right? If it's cooked, the oven is now trafe and it has to be kashered. In addition, what's very important for people to realize that although they're using vegetable oil, that's certified vegetable oil, if it's made in a facility that processes animal tray for oil on the same kalim, that um, vegetable oil is 100% tray. And many of the other ingredients that they may be using, although they may not be meat and they may be vegetarian, there's still an issue. So that, that, that also answers the question of the vegetables in a, you know, grilled vegetables in a non-kosher restaurant will be the same, the same discussion. Ice cream. So ice cream should have been put with the fruit at the beginning. People like to eat ice cream, fruit with their ice cream or vice versa. But ice cream is cold. Generally, you can see what the what the ice cream is, they can show you what it is. They can tell you, or they may even uh, be sensitive enough to have uh, the little little packages that you can get a uh, ice cream with ashkacha. Probably not in a fancy restaurant, but in certain places they'll give you a closed container. Or if you walk into an ice cream shop and you see that they have the ice cream and you see that it has ashkacha, you you may be you can rely on that when you see that the scoop is clean and they're not serving the marshmallow ice cream that's not kosher. Uh, with the same scooper. It's important to realize that the OU is a matter of policy when it comes to ice cream companies. Currently will not give companies uh, kosher letters of certification because what happens is you give them the letter, they go and hang the letter up in their retail shops. The OU has nothing to do with these places. But the people come in and walk in and see that there's an OU letter hanging there they don't bother reading that this only applies to packaged product and is, has, you know, once the seal's open. They just see the OU, they say, fine, shalom yeli, it's not my problem anymore. And therefore, they, they had a number of places that were doing this and places that they found were being mezayif were not actually using what they said they were using. And therefore, the OU as a policy won't give these, won't, you know, they'll certify it and they'll allow the company to put an OU on it, but they will not issue a letter to these companies because they end up on the, on the wrong walls. want to address a couple of other scenarios before before getting to the story. The first one is, I called a number of my chaverim, who are lawyers and others, who and asked them, what do you do when you have, as I was preparing to deliver this, what do you do in, a cer- in this situation? So they said, if they want to meet with me, come to my office. I don't need to go to a restaurant with you. If I have to go, I eat before I go, I don't eat. So I was good. I was prepared to uh, just come and say, "Don't eat." Um, a few weeks later, after I delivered the lecture the first time, 
had, uh, had over for Shabbos a couple uh, looking at our community, you know, to, uh, considering moving in. And they were by our, by our table on Shabbos. And one, they were both, both the husband and wife were working uh, in Wall Street, in, uh, in the banking industry. So I asked them, so what, what, what do you do when you have this? You know, so, so I told them, my, 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 my uh, position on it is to say, what, what do you have to eat? What, why is it necessary? And they both said to me, they said, it's not so simple. You work for a team. You finish a project six, seven, eight times a year. After the project is completed, you go out to uh, you go out to eat and to to celebrate to whatever. You know, Yashikayev, we finished. And it's not so simple to to just sit there and say, twiddle your thumbs. Let me have a coke. No, you no, you, you can't do it. In fact, um, this this issue become becomes a greater issue because what happens is the first time you don't eat, the second time you don't eat. So. You know, you have an innocent conversation with uh, with one of your coworkers, and what happens is, why don't you eat at these meals? He said, no, no, I keep kosher. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be matriach anyone. I don't want anyone to, to do anything for me. I eat before I come. I enjoy the camaraderie. I don't need to eat. No, you feel very uncomfortable. I know, you know, someone comes into your office and you're sitting there drinking this big mug of coffee. You got to offer them to drink also. You can't. You, you feel uncomfortable without giving them something to drink as well. Right, you feel uncomfortable where we're sitting there fressing and you're drinking your cup of coke. Right, we want you to be able to eat. So this presents another problem, which is now um, the, uh, the secretary in the office starts Googling to find out what kosher means. Right, kosher, yeah, oh, there are plenty of kosher restaurants in Manhattan, right? We'll order from this kosher restaurant. Now they go ahead and go through the procedure of ordering from, I won't say any names because I don't want to disparage anyone, from a less than reputable Ashkacha. Come, they order this fancy meal on China, it comes to you. Somehow it would seal. That would be an easy out. And you see it and you say, you know, what am I supposed to do? In fact, one of my Balabatim told me yesterday that, uh, you know, he, uh, he takes karate. So every year at the end of the, you know, he's now a black belt, at the end, at the end of every year they have a, you know, a quote-unquote holiday party on a Motzei Shabbos. They do it specifically on a Motzei Shabbos so he can come. They don't do it on Saturday. And, uh, you know, for a while he just you know, he brought his own food or he arranged his own food. One year, they decided, they, they went ahead and they ordered, they ordered him a fancy big bag of food from a non-reputable place and they put it before him and, uh, you know, they walked away for a few minutes. You know, he, he turned to the people next to him and said, do me a favor, eat this quickly. He said, "Why?" He said, so "You eat." No. He said, "I don't want them to think that I didn't eat after they went. I went an hour out of his way to get the food." I, it, it's a. It, you put yourself in a in a situation that that people who are very well meaning and are very well intentioned and want and really want to help you and are really trying to to go in that situ, go in that way to go out the extra mile for you puts you in a much more difficult position. The the other scenario is it happened to me once. Uh, a company was inviting me out for to, for a meeting in a in a restaurant. You know, I thought we were going to a certain restaurant. Uh, five minutes before I get there, I realized that uh, who's Ashkafa is this place under? Uh, it was not in the New York area. It was in the metropolitan area, but not in New York. And I said uh, I'm very uncomfortable with this Ashkafa. 
but the, the, the owner, the, the, per, the guy who was arranging this meeting, you know, did it in good faith. This is the local, you know, it's, it's under uh, supervision. It's not like he, he took me to McDonald's. Right? He, I, he, he, so so <laughs> the person I was meeting him with also had the same, uh, the same concern. So we, we ended up, you know, it was a Chinese restaurant, so uh, we were pretty sure that the, some of the partners were going, so we didn't have to worry about Tavilas Kalim. Um, we ordered the uh, can the pineapple for dessert, you know, <laughs> and, and ate and ate, you know, and it ended up being canned chunk pineapple. So didn't have much to worry about. But that that's also a, a scenario that that comes up. Um, the first time I gave this lecture, someone came over to me after and said to me, they were working in a company where the person before them in that position was also Jewish, and. The last time they, that that person had a meal, they, they took them to uh, they took them to a uh, to this restaurant, and he and this person ate there, and this person I wouldn't eat. You know, you, you run into a problem in many in many different areas of uh, of hashkafa with with, with uh, levels of religiosity. One of my chaverim, his brother, was an intern in a law firm for the summer, and at the end of the summer, a partner takes out ten of the people together. You know, this, uh, the secretary spends her whole time uh, arranging arranging these meeting these you know the 200 interns in the firm. He, she spends all of her time arranging the, the these lunches for the partners. And she, the his brother found out that two days before or day before that uh, they were going to a lobster house for uh, for lunch, just what he wanted. See, so he he made he made a tumult about uh, about it. He says he's not going to go there. He can't. He can't eat there. And he had a very big problem. The other from person, or Jewish person, on didn't have such a problem with it. So why doesn't this person have a problem with it? And and, and it, he, he refused to go. He didn't get the job. Baruch Hashem, he ended up on his feet, and you know he stood firm with his uh, with his beliefs. But it's it's something that uh, all these scenarios, in one way, shape, or form, present themselves to to everyone in the biz, in the business world. The Question of wearing a yarmulke. So, Rav Shechter says that if if this if it's something that you're doing that you think you should take off your yarmulke, maybe you should reconsider doing it. <laughs> right? It's a it's it's an interesting way to think about it. But if you're going into a non-kosher restaurant today and you're carrying your attaché case, your briefcase, um, you should wear your yarmulke because people know you're going in for a business meeting. If you don't wear your yarmulke in business, then then that would be a little hypocritical to uh, to put on your yarmulke. But uh, today it's a lot more commonplace than it was 20 years ago even for people to be wearing the yarmulke in the business world. But if you're going, but Rav Shechter says, if you're going into a meeting in a in a restaurant of a disreputable hashgacha, then you definitely should wear a hat because of my <coughs> original story about the person walking into a non-kosher deli, Kalvachomer, into a deli that, that uh, you know, the... The, the world calls calls that hashgacha ala uh, essendarten right everyone eats there right that's how that's how you know you know someone walks into a community and wants to know can I eat there you see five 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 religious people walking out of there must be good right? that that's the so you have to be careful with uh, wearing your yarmulke in a place right that that's not that's of uh, not such great reputation I want to close with with the story that I said I was going to share. Which I think really puts in perspective a lot of the a lot of the idea of the consistency that's necessary in whatever we're doing. It was a rav in, who was in Canada. He was working for an or, for a non-Jewish organization, 
and they they were having a state dinner with the Queen of England and Prince Charles, and they wanted to prevail upon him to come to the dinner, and he said, "No, I can't come. It's not kosher. No, do, do, don't do me any favor. No, it's very nice. I don't want to come." Rabbi, you have to come. We want you there. You do so much for our organization. We want you to be there. We're going to do whatever you want. Go ahead. Whatever you want. We'll take care of you. Comes. He has his own special plate. He's got, got everything. He comes. He sits down for the, first, for the meal. The first course. They bring him his course. Everything's fine and wonderful. Suddenly, at the end of the first course, they dim the lights. And they say, okay, everybody switch seats. It seems to be a very popular thing in these fancy dinners that they want people to mingle and not just sit with the same people all the time. So everyone sits at a different table for all the courses. So the rabbi, my plate, my plate, I'm not going anywhere. You know, what am I supposed to do? So they come and they wrap that. So rabbi, you take your plates with you, it's okay. Oh, this goes on twice, three times. Finally, it comes to after, after, the, after the dinner, they have Lahavdil like they have in Yeshivas on a Friday night, the, the assembly line to the Rosh Yeshiva. So they have Lahavdil, an assembly line to the queen and to the prince. So they're going, and people saying, hello, how are you? Suddenly, this, ra- this rabbi comes to the prince, and the prince pulls him out of the, of the, of the line, and they start talking. I'm so impressed, very happy, very wonderful. Ten minutes later, the line continues. A few people later is a non-Orthodox rabbi, comes over to Prince Charles and says to him, I'm a rabbi too. Prince Charles turns to him, then where are your plates? <laughs> Rav Shechter says, it's not a chil Hashem to be from as long as you're consistent. If you take in a position, I don't eat, I don't eat, and you stay with it, then they respect you. If you, if you deviate and then tomorrow try to be from, you have no way out. This applies not only to not only to kashras, it applies to Shabbos. If you're working in a, in a company and you're, you're, living in, you're living in Long Island or living in New Jersey where it's an hour trip home, and one Shabbos you decide you're going to the Upper West Side, uh, two stops on the three train, no big deal. So instead of leaving uh, this past Shabbos, candlelighting was 10 after 4, instead of leaving at 1.30 to get home in time for Shabbos, I can leave at 3 o'clock. I showered in the morning, I just have to take everything out of my pocket, I'm dressed for Shabbos, what do I need to leave so late? So early for the, the, the Balabayas where I'm staying is not going to be home. What am I doing? You only have one chance with, with, your, with your colleagues. Once they see an ounce of hypocrisy, and if you think they don't know what time Shabbos is every week, you're wrong. Right, and it becomes, a, it becomes a very serious problem during the summer when people want to make early Shabbos. And you know, how do you explain to them that sunset is at 8.30 and you want to leave at 4 o'clock to get up to the mountains for Shabbos? Right? Right, but that, that, that's a, sep- a separate issue, but, but it's, it's something to, to be aware of. The, the person in that situation has to leave at 1.30 on that Friday also. No, you want to take your Blackberry or whatever thing you have, you want to do your work, you take your laptop. Don't do it in your office in front of your, pe- in front of, in front of your workers. You have one chance, and you don't have a chance to make a terrace. Right? There's no way to explain yourself after the fact. Once you've done it, 
you're out. Right? You can't come back now as a holier-than-thou person. I'm not eating here. I'm not doing it. Once you once you break that that trust and that respect one time, you're you're, you're finished with with these people. And therefore, it's very important as I, as I started. When you have a business meeting, you know, many of the people here probably are already too past the first base to be going in tomorrow and saying that they can't. But anyone who's listening or will listen after and is going into the business world needs to take that approach and that thought that when you're going to Eretz Yisrael on a plane or you're going on a plane, what says that you have to eat on the plane? You know it's a 10-hour flight. This Wednesday you're going to go 10 hours without eating. All right, what's the difference? That's our Batavis and Kevin. You take a sandwich, you eat before you go, and don't worry about all the, all the potential pitfalls that ha- happen to you on the plane. Oh, I'm paying so much money for a, for a flight. You're paying so much money, another 10 bucks is not going to hurt you. All right, you. You go into all these different scenarios, and, and we, we've put ourselves in a position that we're entitled to everything. And really, the only one who's entitled to anything is our service of HaKadosh Baruch and we have to always remember that and carry that with us. Uh, I, you know, finish with a word on the parsha or this past week's parsha. Why is Yosef uh, saying to his uh, to ha- have to tell his brothers again? Ani Yosef out of and he goes again and says, Ani Yosef Hashem Acharetem Osi Mitzrayma. Because when he first said, I'm Yosef, they didn't believe him because he couldn't imagine how he became Yosef. The viceroy of Egypt is the same Yosef. When he said, Ani Yosef Hashem Acharetem Osi Mitzrayma, that you sold me. It's the same Yosef. And the same thing happened with Yaakov. Yaakov, Vayafag Libo Kilemin When he first said, who, who, who is this? Yosef is still alive. He said, it, it didn't make sense that he's alive and he's the viceroy of Egypt. It's not the same Yosef. Vayaris Agolos, Vatchiruach Yaakov Aviyem. When he saw the Agolos, the famous medrash of the Egel Arufa, that he recognized and he saw that, that which what he was learning with Yosef, so he saw that it was the same Yosef, then it's Vatchiruach Yaakov Aviyem. The challenge in the business world is to be the same Yosef, to be the same person you are in the base medrash when you're in the business world, when you're in the business meeting. And, that, and that's really the focus one has to have when they're going into a meeting, in a meeting of such in a business world, how to protect themselves and remain the same Yosef that you started off as when you come out of there. Thank you. I'll be happy to take any questions. Yeah, I'll take questions for a few minutes before... Yeah. So, so, so first of all, with the ice cream, and I'll go up to your other question in a second. The ice cream, they dip it in in a solution in between every time they dip it because no one who's ordering mint wants to taste caramel and no one who's ordering so, so not for kashrus reasons they're making sure that it's clean before they're, they're scooping it into another one so that, that, that would be the answer even if it with a tray if they did marshmallow before that, that, that would be the answer the other question was uh, wearing a yarmulke wearing yarmulke so, so, so I, th- I, think, I think Rav Shechter writes that, that if, you, if you're not going to be able to wear yarmulke you're not outside when you're eating that you should make a bracha in your office before you go, if you're not able to put on the yarmulke. What happens during the course of one's business career when it comes about shoes? What stands to be restricted? 
Right. So it's a very good question. It's a very, it's a very good question, but you know what? The Chazal say, Makom Shabali Tshuva Omdim, Ain't Sadiqim Gemurim Omdim. Somehow, the, the Bali Tshuva have this way of being able to explain themselves to, to people, and you know, you know, I found, many people have found religion at a, at a later age. And you say, this is, you know, you see, you see that I'm wearing yarmulke. You see that I'm eating kosher. This is what my. This is what. Uh, and that's something that that somehow you know every, everyone everyone who gets caught with something becomes born again. So that people understand that in this world, that they they sometimes respect it as well. The case you gave about somebody leaving early on erev Shabbos, uh, it seems it could be worked the other way also. If you explained in advance, I'm leaving early because it takes me this long to get home, but. This particular week, I don't. I'm going away, so therefore I can spend more time at the office. So, so what? 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 That is a very good question. And let's let's just let's just use the your example of your the person who who's who's in your office, who who wasn't there on Friday, and heard on Monday that you left at three o'clock on Friday, right? And never came and said a word to you, right? Now, right? They, they, they only heard that you left at 3 o'clock. He's a hypocrite. He's this. They, the ter- they never even give you a chance to give the terrorists. Right? And you, you weren't you only metarrots to the two people around you, but not to everyone else. So I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing that foresight and, and letting people know in advance certainly will obviate that concern. But there's always that one person who hears about it that, that, didn't, uh, that didn't get that foresight. Right. Well, the, the 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 reason they know, you know, they know that by three thirty you're going to be home and you're not sending any more any more emails. Right. You know, on the train, uh, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate today that uh, you know that all these all these uh, wonderful things that people carry, that people don't get any time, myself included. Um, people don't get time to sleep or learn or whatever they're supposed to be doing because they got to be answering. Uh, they got to be connected twenty four seven. Twenty-four six. Uh, right. The uh, well, you know, I, I, as a rabbi of a shul, I say Hashem for Shabbos because my cell phone can't ring. You mentioned there about airplanes. Are airplanes good for restaurants? No, no, no. What, what, I, what I'm saying is, is we get an inordinate amount of phone calls from people traveling who are indignant about how the food was served on the plane. I just, it was just, uh, it was just, you know, like uh, enough, you know, like how much. No, everything has to be exactly perfect. And back. Yes, essentially speaking, many times when you go into a restaurant, and it's filthy. For example, when years and years ago you used to go into a kosher restaurant, there would be bread on the table, etc., etc. Now you find bread on the sink. What sort of derivatives is this? It leaves it in another thing. In another thing.
It's a fair discussion for the um, synagogue services of the OU or the business uh, or the OU job works. Uh, but your first question, as far as the bread on the tape uh, by the by the washing sink as opposed to by the table, that's probably come from the fact that people have uh, have learned the halacha that you're not supposed to walk 22 amos from from the time you wash until the time you eat. So they want to make sure that no one can walk 22 amos from there to the table. But that, it's not it's not it's not that the restaurants are becoming cheap. That they only want to give you a tiny piece. The question of how big the, the bread is—that's a separate question. But 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 more more of a increased awareness of trying to make a mozi immediately after you wash. The kalim that were cooked that were cooked in the cooking. So it's impossible to say have ashbach on a place that's open on Shabbos. Difficult. Difficult, yeah. Oh, well, well, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, is, they're not really cooking right. the sun. They're, uh, it's so. like a place that's actually cooking. Yeah, it. correct. Your host has expended a lot of money to get you a kosher meal, etc., along the wine that's yeah, not with it. The wine is not mahushal. Everybody's waiting for you to start the toast. Right. The waiters come in. Is there a way out of that? <laughs> um, allergy. 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 I only drink grape juice. I wasn't. My answer. My answer is I use wine twice a year. I use wine for. for, for, for I use drink a Revius Yain on Purim and I drink the Dalakosos. That's it. Right. Right. Huh? No, but after, no, no, no. But I'm saying al- allergy. Yeah, right, right. I, I have that allergy. No, no. Um, not the wine. <laughs> no, but I, I, I wasn't what I. That, that's that's the best because sometimes you have to be have to have a little chafman in answering. That that your allergy is something that everyone respects. You want to start explaining non mavushal One of the reasons, one 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 of the reasons, you know, um, one of the reasons we don't we don't go and allow it in any restaurants is because it happened one time in the Mashiach that someone was making a private party and uh, they wanted to bring in non mavushal wine and we wouldn't let them and they tried to sneak it in and the Mashiach saw it and you know he wasn't at liberty to closed them down, he went over to the waitress and said, for this for this table I have to be the only one serving the wine. The waitress went home that night crying. She thought she did something terrible. Why do why does he have to you know and go go explain this in the outside world. It's not it's not something you want to start explaining. <laughs> Stay with allergies. In, in the if you if you're if you're invited to a certain you know the the, be, the best an, the best answer is not to get it on China is to get it in, in, in like an airline meal type not necessarily the food of tasting like an airline meal but uh, <laughs> but but the but the same food put in a, an aluminum tin right this way there's a clear distinction of what you have versus what the other person rental ca- rental cars right going to rental cars said hurts is second to none right so my, my OU is second to none. <laughs> 
I'm not using. I'm just saying that, that, that the hashgaf. My my level of of observance is that it's second to none. That's all. In my college, the president makes a big holiday party. They have a kosher table with every restaurant. The problem is that the goyim, for some reason, they feel they they have to be attracted to this table. So so that so that, that that's also today in in New York City. One one of the big advantages uh, is, as far as I can tell, because I've, I take care of other companies besides the, the restaurants, many of the companies that I take care of come into New York to go to certain OU restaurants. Like when they go to New York, they go to a kosher restaurant. And these are people who are eating trace without a problem. right? They come into New York to go to this restaurant, go to that restaurant. Th- that it would be possible if you, with foresight, to encourage them to try this restaurant. As long as you tell them that it has a, a full bar, you're set. <laughs> Right. It's in house. Right. The right. They set aside a kosher tape. The guy come over. The two issues. Can you they bring in their plates. So you really need you really need someone yes. in that scenario who is uh, not you. Really, you really need someone who's who is t- making sure that they own anything taken from this area is only taken with these plates and these forks. You can't put it on your own your own stuff. That that's what that's what you need a mashgiach there for. Could be one of the workers is going to have to play a uh, linebacker or whatever, you know, but uh, you know or a fullback uh, <laughs> or whatever, but you know it's you know you really have to do that. Yeah. The, the, no, the, 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 the answer is that's right, right, right. They call first of all they call them today holiday parties. That's day. And also, you can really mingle your way in without eating anything. You know what I'm saying? You, you come in, hold your glass. Listen, if you can avoid it, you know, and, and arrange your business, uh, you know, business travel for, for that day, or you know, uh, your, your kid's Hanukkah party in school for that, you know, whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna do. Obviously, you should try and avoid it the best you can. If you're gonna lose your job because you don't come to this. Or you don't show your face at this. So you come right at the beginning, before half the people are there. Walk through, you know, grab a can of Coke or a, you know a cup of Coke, right? Walk around with it, you know, so you have it in your right hand, so you don't have to shake anyone's hand, right? Uh, and and go through, and you, you saw everyone. You, you saw the, you saw the people you have to see. Um, um, you watch them call it. You take out your phone. Excuse me one second. Uh, I have an emergency at home. Have a wonderful day. You know. You have to do it carefully, you know, and, and not do it the second you say, "I have to leave in ten minutes," or whatever it is, and, and use your discretion of how, of how to do it. You know, everyone has a cell phone. Everyone uh, can, can can program the cell phone to ring at a certain time if they wanted to. I, we, we've uh, you know we have it all figured out in this world. You know, there's not there's nothing. You know, so, so, someone told me that their their alarm clock broke recently. They said to them, you know, they have one on your cell phone. Your cell phone's not broken, right? Uh, you know, you, you always have a different way around. Uh, but you, you have to you have to use a chachma. You, can, you know, you can't. You can't just tell them straight, I'm not coming. Right? That you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. Ask our Shechter that, that question. Right? It's called the Christmas, the Xmas party, so is there a problem? So I, I, th- I think today, December 25th, is this close to being, uh, to, not, to no longer being a religious day. But, uh, it's not yet there, but uh, very few people are so religious that they're observing it. Uh, right? I'll uh, we'll take one more question and then we'll, uh, we'll try and get somebody in this.
right? Uh, until until such time as as uh, as the hotels are are uh, are uh, really doing that, it, it's it's impossible. I was in a hotel the other day. Very often they'll use those same glasses to, to pour gravy onto food, tray for gravy. Very often, all it takes is once, right? You know, to to do that. So so, so that that that's uh, it's not or soup or some or some something else liquidy. Uh, um, just uh, for, for one moment, uh, I mentioned the rub of a community as well. Our, our shul is uh, offering incentives to young couples who uh, want to move into the community. I have some flyers here if anyone wants to take them. Maybe some of the people not for them, and maybe for their children or others. Uh, I'm happy to uh, discuss and have people come for Shabbos and uh, help grow a community in, in Long Island.